Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a nationally certified school psychologist, and she's also a group fitness trainer, Miss Maya Evans. Thank you for joining me. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, follow your page. Um, I think it's a great page. The reason I've reached out to you because you have a lot of great quotes and great stories and they're original they're actually yours so mm. i wanted to commend you on that <laughs> thank you that's been the main thing starting my page is keeping the authenticity keeping the realness people someone that people can relate to you know how long ago did you start the page oh this was a quarantine baby i just started it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i just started over quarantine and it started because um, my friends were asking me if I could send them some workouts because I've been left going to the gym. Um, I've been working out from home for a while because I've moved so much and it was just easier for me to work out at home. And so some of my friends were texting me asking for my workouts. And I was just like, look, I can't be texting all y'all. So I'm just gonna make this Instagram page. And it started with just posting some workouts and um, it was actually something I've been thinking about for a while, though, trying to merge my basically my double life of psychology and fitness. And so that's where I came with the name. But I was like, I don't really know where it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, it's been a couple months now and brought in some of the mental health resources and everything and still figuring it out. But I've enjoyed it. How important is it to combine the men mental and the physical of a person? Oh, extremely important. And I don't think it's emphasized enough. You know, we you can, anytime you turn on the TV, it's commercials for, you know, physical health, get some medicine. Um, but we don't often talk about mental health and it's like taboo still. Um, I didn't quite realize that they need to coincide with each other until after um, college and college was where it was just physical health. So I was a, I ran track in college and undergrad and there was no focus on the mental health. And it was, was, I was wondering why I was never able to break through certain barriers and I would go to practice every day, do what I needed to do on the track, but I was not training to deal with the stress and the pressure of performing and just never worked on building my mental health and unfortunately never got better in college. And then I was like, after I graduated and decided to go to grad school and actually major in psychology and learn like what I needed to be learning all along and what I wish was so readily available for everyone. Like you didn't have to go spend thousands of dollars in grad school to learn about it. But that was how, that was when I learned merging mental health and physical health is very important. Just even on a day-to-day, um, that confidence it takes to do certain things, to be confident in yourself, to be self-aware of what's going on and all that is a daily thing. And even just working out to be able to push through certain sets, you got to be able to push through those boundaries. That's so a... It's huge. I'm gonna back up just a little bit. Are you yeah. saying that your your meant like your mental health was affecting your performance on the track? Definitely. Yes. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and they would ask me like what's going on because I I didn't know I would practice they call me a workhorse like I would do above and beyond what I was supposed to be doing on the track and I it was just stress after stress and it was causing me a lot of anxiety was what I was going through and um already previously in high school had gone through depression um but some of that started coming back and they were just like what was going on and I didn't tell them because it wasn't something that you talked about actually one time um I remember I had got some award and they were I was on the news for it and they were asking how I got started it was for for um, community service and they're asking me how I got started in community service and the real reason was I started back when I was depressed. Um, it was something for me to, in high school, my mom made me go to get me out the house, but she was like, this is really going to help you to see how other people have it a lot worse than you do right now. And um, so it's, that's why it started, but I wasn't about to tell them I started because I was depressed. I just was like, oh, it was something to do. And mm. I remember making them like, I think I actually said it at first and I said, no, cut that part out. And then I'll I'll do it again, and I was uh, just like, yeah, it was something that I wasn't ready, didn't feel comfortable talking about it in the college athletics. It wasn't the space to do that. You just um, you keep grinding, and what you're doing in practice is all about building physical, making sure you're fast enough, making sure you eat right, and all that. But mental health was not talked about in this. I'm seeing now some more initiatives, but three years ago when I graduated three years ago, so seven years ago when I first started, um, that was not something that we were trained. Let in. me ask you, was it, was it, and, and I don't want, I don't want you to go in depth about it. Was yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just important that I know what the, the, the things that was causing you depression and stress, was it related to your performance, like, like the pressure to perform or other things? No, so what originally, like in, like I said, in high school is when I was going through a lot of depression, anger, um, was due to family issues. Okay. And then, so that started before I even had joined track. Actually, that was another reason why I joined track was so that I didn't have to be at home. And I was like, I can stay, I can go to practice and it lasts until like eight o'clock. And that's another three hours that I don't have to be at home um, was why I joined track. So that started... Wow. Yeah, all that started before. And then the pressure of like actually being good at track <laughs> started to build onto that. And that's where mm. kind of more of the anxiety came in. So because you brought it up, I'm gonna ask you, mm -hmm. let's say let's say things were ideal in the home and, and you know, right. you were in a good mental space. Right. Would you have actually, would you have actually ran track? I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> Probably just, just to be to get involved in school or some sport, but that was really a guiding factor because it came to, I was involved in chorus actually, chorus and, and uh, dance. And so I was more like in the arts. And then it came to a time where um, track practice was gonna be at the same time as uh, my chorus practice and dance practice, but dance was only once a week, track was every day. So I chose to do, um, track so i don't know yeah maybe i'd still be a dancer or something <laughs> and, the, and, and the reason i say it because i because um 
I have a my daughter is nine. Now mm-hmm. let me put this disclaimer. <laughs> I'm not comparing a nine-year-old track schedule to what you was going through. Right. However, <laughs> me, me and my wife had this idea that okay, we were going to put our daughter in track, mm-hmm. and so we we were close to a military base, so we, we, gotcha. we signed her up to the track. So they sent us a schedule, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh no 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 no. We can't do this. Like, oh, it's a like, lot, right? <laughs> the the the, tra- the track schedule, and this the fact that she was only nine. I knew it would only get worse, and I was like, no, we we just don't have the time for this. But okay. the reason I say that is because because of that level of dedication that you had to have to be elite at mm-hmm. it. That's why I was wondering, do you ever look back and say, wow, if I didn't have those issues, maybe I wouldn't have achieved so much on the track because that actually led you to a track scholarship. Right. Yeah, I'd say high school track was definitely different than um, college track. In high school, I really enjoyed high school track. I had a, it was a way to like travel because for all the meets, I was from a very small town. So it was fun to go out of town and go to the meets and meet different people so high school track it was fun and I was the fastest on the track so it was fun to go and to win (laughs) and then um then you get to college where you're in uh, on a bigger stage and everyone's you know elite and top so um that also I think had part to do with it like I just wasn't accustomed to um not being first and then Mm. I'm working but I'm working harder so why it's not adding up, but then just, um, I was doing a lot. I was juggling a lot too, because I still wanted to keep my community service, which is what truly made me happy. And, um, also just doing classes and everything. Even some of my teammates though, we've talked about it now. I'm sorry, go ahead. How frustrating was it that you wasn't, you wasn't coming in first place? Because again, you said you were, used to come in at first and now yeah. you're doing all this work and it's not giving you the results you want. So how frustrating was that? Yeah, it was very frustrating. And again, it's just, you don't, you think it's a physical issue and not a mental issue. Um, that's not, it's not even discussed that it could be something mentally holding you back. It's just, okay, you need to work harder because you're not coming in first. So you got to work harder. And then that's how injuries happen. So I was getting, injuries two little small ones but it you know it take me out for a couple of weeks and then I need to get back to it and that's just taxing all that um is taxing on your mental mental health wow mm-hmm. we're gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna fast forward to a new topic <laughs> um no no because no, I love what you're talking about but I want to stress yeah. something else in, in the beginning I mentioned that you were a, a child psychologist yes um, how important is it to to get good mental health care as a child? Yes, it's really important because, you know, as a child, you're going through it right then and there. Like there's not much that's you'd have a shorter time span of where you're looking at the past or you're looking you're primarily looking at events that are happening right then. So you can really work on doing something about it and not have so as an adult years and years later it's not something that's become a habit it's not something that is affecting your relationships affecting 
um, you know, different things in your life. And as an adult, you're having to look back into what happened to really cause where you're at now. But as a child, there's still a lot of room to work with so that that doesn't build up as an adult. You get what I'm saying? Like, and, but there's not really, if your parents don't know that there's options for um, mental health care for your child, then the child's not going to, you know, really go seek it. Um, but every, every school, every child has to go to school, right? And every school has a school counselor, a school psychologist. Um, some have social workers, but all of us can do um, mental health and therapy. So it's readily available in schools for, stu- for kids. And it's free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being able to, so some of them may start coming just to get out of class, but <laughs> it, um, you can actually really get to them that way. And being able to talk about it sooner rather than later. But let me ask you, is it, is it up to the school to diagnose the kid or does the parent help with the diagnosis when they, when they feel a child needs it? How does it work? Mm-hmm. So you kind of jump to diagnosis, right? Like first I like to see what I can do to help and before sticking a label on a kid, you know, but um, it's sometimes the teacher will notice it in the school. Sometimes the parent will notice it in the home and um, you can make a referral to either the school psychologist. I typically will deal with students that where it's affecting their schoolwork as well. So if you're making D's and F's and failing, that's when I would come in. If it's not really affecting your schoolwork yet, um, then a school counselor or social worker would would help. Um, But as far as making a diagnosis, that is me. I would go through um, assessments to look at their cognitive functioning, get into some words now, cognitive functioning and um, social emotional um, and behavior and looking at that. And then I would be the one to be like, okay, this is depending on your district, there's different names for everything, but um, I'd be the one to say, okay, this is what I, my results were. And this is what looks like what's going on. Um, and then start getting accommodations and um, going through if they need the counseling for that as well. How young have you seen kids that actually need mental health um, therapy? Um, for me personally, it's only been a couple of years, but I was working with a first grader before. Um, that was last year. But yeah, as young as elementary school. Mm-hmm. Wow. In, in, that, in that particular situation, who diagnosed it? I mean, who, who, who was the person to initiate? Oh, yeah, to initiate contact. It was the teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're seeing the, the student um, not focused uh, and just like concerns for they're, they're like sleeping through the class and, and things like that. So I was able to, to yeah, see the student. But at that, at that age, like really, really young, um, you do a lot more hands-on learning. And that's different also from therapy as an adult right you're you're not sitting there playing with toys and and stuff so you try to you really have to um make connections to 
kind of everyday things that they that they have and you make it a little lighter and find ways to talk about it that way rather than just being all right straight out you have depression and blah blah, blah. have you have you worked with adults not in a therapeutic setting no Mm-mm. not not to give not therapy um but i'd say in my job as a group fitness trainer there's definitely been times where i'm <laughs> It's like, okay, this is turning into a therapy session. They're telling me about, you know, what's going on um, at home and why they came to the gym today and why they didn't come yesterday and (laughs) and situations that are going on and keeping me very well updated on that. So sometimes they turn into unofficial (laughs) counseling sessions at the gym, but not formally, no. That's interesting you brought that up. Do you you actually tell them you're a psychologist because... Or do they just like feel like something just happens where they get comfortable and they feel like they want to share things with you? Like, yeah, it starts that? off. It starts off. They just start talking to me, and it, I don't know if it's. I want to say like, uh, even in regular everyday stuff, I feel like people just start sharing <laughs> what happened in their life, and I'm just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm here to listen, but um. Maybe you should <laughs> see someone <laughs> officially about this. But at the gym, I do share eventually like that. Or I don't say, oh, I'm a psychologist. I can help you with this. I don't know. Sometimes it just, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had work today. And they're like, oh, what do you do during the day? Because I only am trainer by night, I say. I'm psychologist right. by day and trainer by night. <laughs> How, um, now, it's interesting because now, now, when when like I'm sure you know you got friends you got family members, yeah. does that does oh. that get kind of cause time consuming because do people actually because you know people always say we need to see a psychiatrist yeah. but you actually are one so it's like mm-hmm. do they do they do people like do you find yourself being consumed with other people's problems sometimes sometimes um which is why I've tried to keep like I want to work with kids because I'm able to say I, I'm a child psychologist like that's where I draw the line I'm not a, I'm not an adult <laughs> so that's I really enjoyed having that as my career because I think it helps a little keep it that boundary from my home life but I do find myself I was actually thinking about this not too long ago um, that I found myself listening a lot more to my friend's um, and their concerns and really being a little bit more involved than I should. And um, my, but my family though, no, they don't, they don't, ever since I just chose to major in psychology, like they tell me less about their life. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say my family, no, they don't want to hear it. Um, they don't tell me anything on that regard of mental health. Nope. But my friends definitely, um, I would say they, on their unofficial. <laughs> because you psychology. have to take on so much. Do you actually go to someone yourself to help you with your mental mental therapy? Yeah, so I have on and off. Like I told you, I move a lot. So I've been just, just for school. And um, it's taxing having to keep telling your story again to um, a new therapist. So I have, though. And... Um, in undergrad, I did so I'm three years out of there, and then I've seen um, someone. Last time I've been is two years ago, and I've been in two different states since then. So 
I haven't um, been able to get one. But now that we're doing this whole virtual, it's called teletherapy. And I might just try to look for one online in case I <laughs> end up moving again. Um, but I have on and off, yes, been myself. And I think it's important if you're seeing a therapist, psychologist that's never been to experience therapy themselves, then I, I wouldn't even trust them, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> they don't, not knowing what the client has to go through by being a client yourself. There's actually a lot of therapy, psychology, counseling programs that it's a requirement that you go to therapy to experience that to, and to work through and process things you're going through and being able to recognize that everyone has, you know, their experiences and has stuff that they bring to their work and you need to be able to acknowledge those things and the biases that you may have so that when you see a student that, um, let's see, for example, you see a student that has been in domestic violence or some sort of situation so that these triggers, you're able to know your triggers as well and be able to take care of yourself hmm. to be able to take care of your client. You, yeah. you mentioned you move a lot. Is that because of your job or just because you like to move? Oh, <laughs> it's been for school. So I went to a different state for undergrad. I went to a different state for grad school. And then um, I had my internship. I went to a different state. And then now I'm full time and I've been in a different state again. It's been, I'm from a small town. So it's been more like this is fun and getting to experience different states and different cultures, different demographics, um, and really just trying to find where I felt like was home for me. And now I'm in Florida and I've really enjoyed it so far. So I don't foresee myself moving again, but yes, it was for school, not necessarily for. Oh, okay. For, okay. Yeah. So you, you, it's, it's, I just want to make sure I'm clear. You said you would, if you had to pick Florida, you would make Florida your residence. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at now. I just got the driver's license and the <laughs> <laughs> I'm from North Carolina I've had North Carolina everything through all my states and I just got the official Florida so I'm like okay I guess I'm guess why I'm Florida <laughs> uh, I think there was more of the weather sunshine so another thing is seasonal depression is real like once it gets to the winter um, once it gets cold, you're stuck in the house. It's a lot harder to keep your, um, self in spirits. And so for me, that was always a thing. And I don't want to say I moved here because of that, but just, I was like, let me try it out and see if it's really helpful to have sunshine all the time. And, um, just being in the warmth, I like to work out outside. I prefer to work out outside. So being able to do that year round was appealing to me. And then I went and had a job interview and they offered me and I actually put them on hold, but then COVID happened the next month. And I was like, let me go ahead and uh, accept that. <laughs> <laughs> so before, before you actually got to Florida and, and took in the nice sunshine and working out outside, did you believe in the seasonal depression thing? I didn't really know. I was like, cause you, we could look through, facts and they actually is true that like there's more suicides in the winter time um it's harder to just get up and go to work do your daily and I've I didn't really 
think much of it until, like I said, went to grad school and was learning about these things. But it's always been something that's happened. Like I'd go home for Thanksgiving break and I'd go home for um, Christmas break during school. And I thought it was always just home that made me like that. But I'm pretty sure that it was um, just the season that we were in as well and going home and not having being surrounded by friends to kind of help me out of it but going home and just having to really force myself to get out of bed and stuff you when when we the big the one of the most um the the post that really stuck out to me on instagram Mm -hmm. um i'm drawing a blank on the date but it was fairly recently (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you made a post and you was just talking about um you had like a like a moment of clarity almost where you realized when you needed to focus on your mental health i wanted you to talk more about that to the listeners because i felt that post was very important yeah so i was i know what post you're talking about because it was probably the longest caption i had (laughs) written on it i was like pour my heart out but um Yeah, so kind of my clarifying moment um, was after undergrad, unfortunately. So I went through all of undergrad dealing with that, but not really recognizing it. I was going to therapy, but um, that's another thing is seeing a a Black therapist um, really makes a difference. And I was not seeing a Black therapist at that time. Mm. And just the... uh, they weren't getting it. <laughs> so it, therapy wasn't as um, helpful in that moment. And it was actually a sports psychologist. So again, the focus was just your performance. Um, oh, so that, yeah, okay. that was another thing too. So um, anyways, it was after my moment of clarity was after undergrad. And it was when I started, I started my program. I majored in, get my master's in educational psychology and child development and it was still a little while after that but um it was when I'd been going to grad school for like a month and I was just in my room honestly crying because I'm going to this I went to this Ivy League school I'm the only black person in the room and it was just all these things coming together and I was really about to drop out like I was like this is not I can't do this and it was um we were the next day we went to this class and it was they were giving a presentation on the demographics of school psychologists and there are less than 10 percent not only minority but people of color the whole profession 90 percent white 10 percent people of color black is about four percent four to five percent and i was like i seeing seeing that hearing that, looking at it on the screen, I was like, I can't give up and I need to get right. Like I need to get myself strong mentally so that I can help others. Um, And so that was kind of my moment of clarity. I think back to that, I have that picture, that slide in my head um, of that day when I saw that statistic and I was like, I'm gonna help that, increase that statistic, even though I'm my little 0.001%, but (laughs) I'm gonna help and to be able to do that, I need to really work through and process everything I've been through and um, make sure to find a woman of color to really be able to help add that layer, you know, of stuff that's going on and um, work through that. So, yeah, it was beginning of 
grad school. So this was about three years ago, over three years ago now. So it was very important for you being a black woman that you had a black therapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, before I didn't really think about that as a, you know, as a kid and, and undergrad, they just, as a athlete, they give you the sports psychologist. I didn't have any choice, but once you're an adult, you have a choice in who you see um, for therapy. There's now that there's virtual therapy, you definitely have a choice. It doesn't have to just be who's near you. And um, it actually might be even better to not get someone that's, that's near you because um, you may just be able to talk openly and not have to worry about seeing them in the grocery store or something. And yeah. <laughs> they're in a whole nother area. But yeah, it was very important just to feel comfortable. Uh, she was the first therapist I was able to tell genuinely all that I had been through and felt like I wasn't going to be judged and that she would really just understand where I was coming from. And she did. And that really just like talking through stuff again, that happened as uh, when I was younger, um, was able to drop, felt like a load lifted off. And just even that first step of telling people, cause we, we hold in a lot of stuff. We carry a lot of stuff on our back, in our hearts, in our head, and yeah. just being able to let it out to someone that is able to help process it with you unbiasedly is really important. Being, being that you're in the profession, um, it seems I'm on the outside of being you on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel, it seems like there's been um, more, more of a push to talk about being more mentally, mentally healthy. Um, would you agree with that statement? Yes. And I would say that I'm able to talk a little bit more openly, even just with like friends and um, like, this is cool. I can actually tell y'all about like stuff that I do on the daily and have had to separate it from my home life, but even just being able to advocate and just talk about it, not necessarily about a specific situation, but just in general, um, people are interested in like, especially the effects of COVID now, um, being, having been stuck, people, their routines are changing and I'm definitely seeing that it's, people are more open to discuss it. I don't know if people are more open to do something about it, but definitely just having that discussion has been cool to see. You you mentioned there was like, it was not a lot of um, black uh, mental health doctors. Mm -hmm. um, do you- Providers, do, yeah. <laughs> not right, a doctor, provi yeah, I wish. Providers, I'm sorry. Do mm -hmm. you feel like it's getting, do you feel like it's getting better now that people are talk about, talking about it more? Like you think there are more blacks that will start going into that field? Um, I would say that I'm like, I'm, they're getting interested. I would say, uh, like this is just new. Um, I would say that people are able to talk about it. So I'd need to give us a few years and see if people actually go through the program and graduate. Cause that's another thing, since it is a predominantly white field, you're going to be in classes with in predominantly white classes and it's hard. Those classes you're basically going through therapy yourself, even in your classes, you're learning about hard things and how to help your clients with them. And it brings your own triggers, like I mentioned before. And my, like I said, I wanted to drop out of the program. Like in, if those supports don't start being made for 
people of color to go through the program, they're not going to finish it. And also financially, there's not a lot of support um, for especially master's level. If you can't spend, you know, the five, six years it takes to get a doctorate, which I couldn't um, at the master's level, there's not a lot of financial support. So that's Mm. another thing. And this is actually an initiative I'm working on with my alma mater. I went to Columbia University and I have been participating, a group of us, we have a diversity committee that we just created and it's full of current students and alumni that are working with my school psychology program to make some of these things happen for the next generation of students of color so that they can have mental health support as they're going through the program so that the predominantly white class is woke enough and like knows about the issues that uh, we're going through and um, getting financial support. So this is something that I'm taking initiative on with my alma mater and that I hope, and that I'm talking to other peers, people that I know in the profession, they're doing the same thing with their schools so that the next generation can feel supported and that we can get more people of color in this profession. Because in school psychology, particularly, the students we see are predominantly um, students of color hmm. that are not doing well in school um, and or that are having, quote, unquote, behavior issues. Um, the students of color are sent to the detention more. Um, students of color um, are s- diagnosed with disabilities more. So, but then they're going to see mental health professionals that don't look like them. And so they may not feel comfortable talking about it and the whole cycle, you know. Do you ever sit back and think about, like sit back and visualize what your life would look like if you did not seek um, mental health help? Oh yeah. (laughs) And you can see that some of my teammates, like the, the first year that I went to undergrad and was experiencing like not winning for the first time and all that like I was I was <laughs> I was a mess and I was like um I got as the shortest temper um I was very impatient they know me as like one time we were trying to go out one time and there was a line to go to get out of our parking lot or something and I got out of the car and walked <laughs> I, was like, I'm not I was so impatient and it was just anxiety like anxiety over comes your mind and you're just like I just need to do this now and so I just got out the car like, I'm just walk now and they made it but they got out before I did of course but just me needing to do that in that moment <laughs> and get out the car and just walk was something that always overwhelmed me all the time anxiety um and it even it just got worse as it went along I wouldn't go out sometimes I would um wouldn't want to do I moved out of the athletic dorm um so that I could just be alone and yeah so it was going it was going through a lot man it's it's great that you actually recognize the signs and got yeah. the help before it just totally sprawled out of control yeah I would say I wish I got it more help during undergrad because I think it would have definitely made a difference in my performance and um on the track but since then, like, I can't imagine being an adult. It's hard out here <laughs> outside, <laughs> of school. outside of school. Um, 
being an adult and not having had that that help that I did, went through during grad school. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know what I'd be doing. I pr- well, I wouldn't have made this move. That's for sure. I wouldn't. It, have it, it, it usually takes. Um, it usually takes like something major or traumatic to happen for people to realize that they do need help. Yep. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, in your case, thankfully, I mean, you were, you were still young. So (laughs) it was, you was able to get the help while you're young. And then you, you know, now you'll continue to grow and mature in your years. So you'll only continue to improve. So yeah. It worked out in your favor. Yeah. It was good being young, but I, I'd say that you can still get help as you get older. It's a willingness and a being able to recognize that you can teach a older dog new tricks. It's just, it takes a little bit extra time and oh, you yeah. just need to be open and wanting to change. A lot of people will get stuck and just say, I can't change. I can't and get frustrated. Um, but yeah, just going, recognizing it's a whole process. Yeah, it's it's just like as you get older, you get more set in your ways, right? right, um, right. And you and then some people have actually have a, a life that you know that that's okay right. to them, where it could be better, but it's like you know they've done just enough in life where they feel like they don't need any help. So yeah, that's a and fact. Oh, you just made me think of you know that saying: "It's okay not to be okay." Yeah. I have I, I modify that. I don't like it on its own like that. I say it's okay not to be okay right now, but don't get comfortable being not okay. Like it it's okay to be not okay right now, but work on it and we're like you need to be making moves to make it better cuz a lot of people think that this is just how it has to be. I have to be depressed. I have to be this way and no. Maybe right now this is temporary, but we need to, you can take strides to help improve your quality of life. I'm glad you said that because I'm, yeah. I'm, hell, I've named it the podcast that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely say it like it's something that I've been known to say. So I'm going to have to retrain my thinking. So I appreciate that nugget you gave me. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know the people <laughs> but I get the saying I get where the saying comes from that you know people think they need to be on their a game all the time and that the saying comes from like it's okay to have bad days but I just don't want you to get stuck in those bad days you know and think that this is normal now that you just need to be that way I mean you got you know you've accomplished some great things at an early age and you still got a lot more things to do um, are you actually ha- at least are you happy with where you are right now? Yeah, I'm happy and proud of where what I've accomplished so far and where I'm at, but I'm definitely gonna keep climbing and already thinking, you know, what's the next steps and now that I'm I guess I'll keep this page now <laughs> and see what <laughs> I wanna do with it. Uh <laughs> and this platform. Um so like I'm a group fitness instructor but or trainer, but I want to be um, get that national certification for personal training and maybe start doing some online coaching and see what's next there. But yeah, I'm, I'm proud of where I'm at, but definitely the wheels are turning for what's next. When you say, when you say 
you 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 um you do you do online culture for your friends, but would you consider doing <laughs> it like for business purposes, like charging? Yeah, people? that's right. So that's what I'm looking at. Like, do I make this whole thing a business, and um, what's next for that? Because that's a whole new new field for me. I'm into nonprofit. You know, I've been doing community service for since high school, and that's something that has been a part of me. But this to make stuff happen in this world, you need money. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get that to be able to help people. In the end of the day, that's what my business is going to do. Whatever well, I start, whatever I do, we're going to help people. Well, let me, let me give you some, uh, let me give you some friendly advice. If you do the online, <laughs> the online fitness, just showing the picture with your six pack. That'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was like, man, I mean, she must don't eat no sugar. I said, she don't eat no sugar. She must do all ab exercises because she got a, a 12 pack. Good grief. You would hate me. And that's why I don't talk about much about my diet and stuff like that because I definitely eat more sugar than I should. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have told me that. Yeah, <laughs> and and you'll really hate me if I say that I don't do abs every day. Like that's, that's no, I'm not. Look, I'm not gonna hate you. I'm, it gives me hope. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So I don't know if you've seen this. My extra the intensity that I just keep that intensity, and I will burn a lot and really work out hard during my workouts, and that's oh, okay. what keeps me able to. Uh, <laughs> eat like I do well look, I'm, I'm getting too old to be eating crazy <laughs> now so I gotta <laughs> I gotta no, uh, I gotta cut it. back on the sugar huh no, you could do it we used to go to track meets and there'd be 70 year old men in there running oh no 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 oh no 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 I'm not uh-uh <laughs> <laughs> I do my little three plus miles Every okay. other day, and that's it. I'm not. Oh, good, I'm not man. trying to compete with nobody. I'm just trying to. <laughs> the only race I'm trying to win is just this old man race. Well, I'm not old, but I'm just. You know, you start getting a little older, so you start looking at life different. So, <laughs> but that's my big thing. So, you can interview, talk about your um, physical, your physical health, your exercise habits. Huh? <laughs> so we go start talking about your exercise habits on the interview. Absolutely not, because <laughs> <laughs> it would be a very quick conversation. It's just, it's just me going going for a run a couple times a week. Uh, me trying to get to the gym to lift weights, which I haven't done because I mean COVID is over, but I still haven't. Oh, it's I mean, not that's over. Been my, it's not over. That's been my. I mean, not no, no, no. Okay, not over, but. Like, oh, the, like gym the, open, open like the gym is open back up. Yeah. The gym is open back up, but I'm still leaning on the COVID excuse why I'm not going to the gym uh, okay. to lift weights. So, <laughs> but I'm gonna get back in there though, just to you know, just because I keep saying I'm gonna start lifting, and that's something that I've never really got into. Okay. I've done cardio, but never, never been much of a lifter. But I'm gonna get into mm. it. And that's really why I've, I kept with the cardio for my page because lifting is a is really does is technical and you need to make sure you're having the right form for that you can really hurt yourself <laughs> yeah yeah well 
look, I want to thank you because it's truly been an honor talking to you. Like I said, I love the page. I'm a big fan of it. And I hope people, um, after hearing this interview, they'll go to your page and, and give it a look. Yeah, because there's, like I said, it's just been a couple months, y'all. We got a long time to go, and the page is going to keep growing. Platform's going to keep growing, and I really want to help merge mental health, physical health, so that mental health becomes less of a taboo and people are able to really um, work on both together. Make sure we tell the people how they can um, follow you. Yes, so my page is at mental and muscle, like mental health and muscle. And uh, yeah, just go give that a follow. We'll be making a website soon, eventually. And yeah, just stay tuned for what's next. And then mental muscle, that's on Instagram, correct? Yes, on Instagram. Okay. Well, again, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best with building the page and continuing to build your brand as you go along. Thank you. And same to you. I look forward to more podcasts and really, um, you said you may talk a little bit about yourself and learn (laughs) more about, about you. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to start doing that more. I, I, I'm always talking to other people, but yeah. I think I need to start talking about myself a little bit more. Yeah, we want to so. know who James Lampkin is, too. Well, I'll make sure to keep you posted on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds All right. I, I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. And I'm also on Facebook conversations with Lamp. Thank you all again. Have a great day.